comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. This podcast is brought to you by Kung Fu Grip Studios. Arg, pow, zap, stick. That all sounds great, but how does it look? Comics just don't have the same zing when they're all written in Helvetica. You need a letterer to bring your comics to life. And Hassan Pashal has been a professional comic book letterer since 2007, with work appearing in Femme Force and other independent comics. Fast, affordable, and always creating, Pashal's designs are unparalleled. Visit kungfugripstudios.deviantart.com to see his work in action for lettering that brings comics to life. kungfugripstudios.deviantart.com Hello, and welcome to another exciting adventure and episode of Tales from the Attic. I'm your host, Donnie Salvo, and I said adventure and episode. This thing is filled. <laughs> now i got expectations. Now, now everybody's got expectations for him. I hate that, because he's just... Uh, anyway, welcome to Tales from the Attic. I am your host. Donnie Salvo, and what we do here, if you're new, I'm going to tell you what we do. I, me, I, me, me, not you, me, I go up into my attic, I reach into a a long box, I grab a random comic, and I come down here, we go through it together. Me and you, Just, just me and you, don't tell the guy next to you. I'm just kidding, tell everybody, what are you kidding me? I want everybody to like this. But first, before we jump into our adventure episode, (laughs) I snorted. That's horrible. This episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. Discount comic book service. 35% off all your comic, statue, and related hobby supplies. Discount comic book service. DCBService.com. Let me tell you something. I've been using them for years now. No problems. Every book is in great condition. It comes right to your doorstep. You could do once a month shipping, twice a month shipping, weekly shipping. Just open up your door. Boom. Oh, what's this? All my comics right in front of my face. I can read them all right now. And that 35% off, that's the minimum. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, dude, if there's a new issue or a new trade or something, 50% off. If it's a new series, sometimes they even give you 75% off. What? Yeah. Yeah, 75% off. It's like, it's, it's like, it's so close to almost giving it to you. 
it's so just just a smidge away from from that but anyway let's jump into our 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 issue and we're going to do an independent comic here um and this goes all the all the way back to 86 all right and uh there's a big boom in the uh since the teenage mutant ninja turtles that we're going to take uh different animals and we're going to let them do things we we had gi jack rabbits uh there's a couple other ones i can't think of off the top of my head and there was this one adolescent radioactive black belt hamsters number one. Oh boy here we go here we go here we go again we open <laughs> with four hamsters just sitting on a table at nasa and underneath the nasa sign it says made in japan wah, wah. this is this 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 is good this is it um so we got we 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 got a close up of the of the uh the hamsters sitting on the nasa table and uh underneath and their names are Bruce, Chuck, Jackie and Clint. That's right. Bruce, Chuck, Jackie, Clint. All right. And it says meet the astronauts of NASA experimental rocket launch April 1st, 1977. And then we flash back to six months before. And it says, we have to do, there, there, there's a bunch of uh, generals and, and scientists in a room. And there's a scientist and he's got a screen and he's pointing at it with a pointer. And he says, we have deduced that this anomaly is dark red in color. All satellites trying to get samples of the object have virtually bounced away. Sending our probes back at us like a slingshot with an amazing vibrative action. And one of the generals is sleeping, and and then another, and then there's another uh, general that you know is serious, and he gets up because he has a corn cob pipe, and he gets up and he says, "Professor Cosby, oh my God, they did not make the scientist like Bill Cosby because he's black. Is that true? Did we do this radioactive adolescent? I don't know, black belt hamster. What am I reading? Anyway." And he gets up and he goes, Professor Cosby, surely you can't mean. And, uh, yes, they did. Here we go. And, uh, he cuts him off. And he goes, that thing out there is radioactive. Cosmic jello. That's what he did. And one of the guys gets up and he goes, I hate jello. One dude's standing up and he's walking, he's still sleeping. Cosmic Jello. The very thought of such a horror sent to the public in the it would send the public into mass hysteria, people. No longer were nuclear weapons number one fear. It's ra it's radioactive cosmic jello. So what are we gonna do? If cosmic jello fell on the earth, the planet would die a horrible death. Millions would be buried alive in radioactive jello goodness with in the United Nations building, someone's speaking. And they said, gentlemen, we need brave astronauts to man a rocket equipped with explosives. The chance of sur 
Survival on this mission is 5,000 to 1. Any volunteers? And the United States gets up and says, America offers up Billy Carter. This is funny. If you were around in 1986, this is funny shit. And then a, a Canadian guy in, in the, uh, at the United Nations stands up. And he, dude, he's wearing a flannel and a, uh, and like a winter hat, like a knit cap. And he says, uh, eh, like Canada offers Bob and Doug McKenzie, you know, like I said, if you knew what was going on in 86, funny shit. <laughs> and the United Kingdom gets up and they said, Britain, Britain offers the sex pistols. Really? The Sex Pistols? And then Poland gets up and offers four hamsters. Wah, wah, wah. Right now we have dated material. We're in three page three. We have dated material and Polish jokes so far. And a black scientist named Dr. Cosby, who's afraid of the jello. Um... So then it says, Remember the ones we choose must be highly competent, intelligent, and excel in physical condition. So, who will it be? And then there's the lineup. And it's Billy Carter with his hands in his pocket. Uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie drinking beer. One's burping, the other one's like, says, Eh, like, take off, eh? And then uh, the Sex Pistols are there. And, uh, one of them wants to step on the rats, which are actually the hamsters. And who's in the best physical condition? The hamsters are. So they set them up with little astronaut suits, and they put them in this gigantic rocket, and they just shoot them out in the space. And they're out in the space, and the other one hamster's pointing to the other hamster, and they're going after. And there it is. There's there's the cosmic jello. It's in the sky. And so now they're. One, the hamster looks at the control panel and on the control panel there's retro rockets cruise control, windshield wipers AM FM radio and a button that says nothing in particular and um, so he presses the retro rockets and the rocket flies into the gelatin and what happens what happens Nothing happens. And then the gelatin opens up. It's got a little hole in it. It opens up. Oh, so the rocket must have blasted a hole in it. There we go. Okay, so it opens up. And the ship flies in with the hamsters. And then all of a sudden it closes. And they're stuck inside the gelatin. The jello. Meanwhile, at NASA, there's a bunch of NASA guys just looking at one little TV screen. And, uh, one says, that's not how that was supposed to go, was it? And the other guy's like, uh, does this mean we're in trouble? And and Dr. Cosby says, back to the drawing board. And then late, sometime later, inside the capsule, they're looking at another uh, control panel. And this one says, fuel, and it's almost out. Energy, almost out. Oxygen, it's almost out. 
Toilet paper completely out. Oh my god. Why do hamsters need toilet paper, dude? They, they poop little cocoa uh, puffs. Little pellets. Pellets of poop. That's what they do. Anyway. So then they reach down to another control panel and it says, Self-destruct. Kiss your ass goodbye. And he presses the button. And kablam! Kaboom! The gelatin's just destroyed. And on the bottom it says, Question, why did it take the hamster so long to push the self-destruct button? Answer, as an expert theorist on the hamster decision-making process, is my opinion that hamsters at best are indecisive, putting off important decisions until the last possible moment. So this guy actually sat and studied ham... No, he didn't. So then this is weird. So flying out of the jello debris are four hamster skeletons and they're launched out and sent to Earth. And there's there's monk dude walking dogs in Tibet. And boom, behind him. That's where they land. And he goes over and he looks at the crater and he says, The four who fall from the sky, the prophecy has been fulfilled. And then he puts them all on a sled and they go to this big old monastery and then it says eight years pass and then there's Jackie and someone's, someone's shooting arrows at him and he's block, he's dodging them all and uh, the monk says very good Jackie now let's try ten at one time oh my god it's crazy and then there's Bruce who's fighting with a bow staff and he hits a monk in the canuts and he says never call me shorty and then there's Chuck, who's just in like a bamboo room, who's just swinging nunchucks. And then there's Clint. Clint, who at this ancient Tibetan monastery, what is he using as a weapon? A thirty-eight special. Yeah, he's just shooting at a target. So I guess he's supposed to be Clint Eastwood, hamster. Is that, is that what I'm getting out of that? You think? I don't know. Um, on e on their own, each is a fine fighter, but put them all together and they form the unstoppable, uncanny, fantastic, invincible, spectacular, amazing, new, improved, 1986, biodegradable, okay, enough already, adolescent, radioactive, black belt hamsters. Dun, 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 So then the monk comes out and he says, uh, okay, guys, time for dinner. And, uh, so they go and they eat. And there's a couple of guys at their table. And he goes, I don't know what it is about those guys. All they ever eat is lettuce. And then they're making fun of them. They're like, ha ha, all they, have, they all have buck teeth. And then one guy says, and hairy palms, you know what that means. And one of the hamsters says, why, I should break his. And he goes, no, Bruce. As disciples, we are taught to be slow to anger. And Bruce, he goes, all right, I guess. And then one of the other guys is like, ha ha, what a bunch of chickens, brock, brock. And then he says, the other hamster says, excuse me for a moment. And then there's all these sound effects. Snap, crackle, pop, rice, krispies, fold, spindle, mutilate, stretch, bibbity, boppity, bibbity, boppity. And they go, that's hamsters, not chickens. And, and, and then uh, Bruce is all like, um, you're saying something about slowing 
being slow to anger? Is that what you were saying? So now, quickly the hamsters learn the necessities of life. And one of them is outside. And he's meditating with, with the monk. And he says, let me get this straight. To avoid potential conflict, one should A, file your income tax early. And two, stay away from gay bars. I'm not kidding. That's what it says right here. To avoid conflict. Right. Welcome to 1986. And then the third thing, when all else fails, run like hell. And so, uh, you know, it just shows him meditating and stuff. And then Clint is, uh, he's sitting there and he's watching, uh, he's watching TV. He's watching, listen to this. This is what the TV's saying, okay? He's drinking a beer, watching the tube. Alice, don't tell Mom, but I think Marsha's pregnant from Sam the Butcher. Cindy, nobody likes a tattletale. Are you kidding me? There's one thing in life that you do not do. And that you do not perv up the Brady Bunch, buddy. All right? This is an American staple. It's an American, all American staple. American society in the 60s. All American. American, American. You don't do that. So now, here we go. The monk is up, and there's all the monasteries around, and he's up on the stage, and he goes, Now, to honor those whose time has come, those who have trained so diligently to attain inner peace and harmony, we award the black belt. And, and there's two monks whispering in the, in the crowd, and he says, Why the black belt? And the other one says, To hold up your pants, stupid. There's a lot of shtick in this one. A lot of shtick. And then, the, you know, the their trainer says, Oh, what a proud yet sad day it is for us. And, and, and one of them says, Sad, but why, Master Locke? Oh, his name's Master Locke. Get it? Like the Locke Company? This is terrible. <laughs> this is absolutely awful. This is painful, dude. Jeez, I wonder why I didn't catch on like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles did. And then he said, but, but why is it sad, Master Locke? And he says, who will clean out the restrooms and eat the rotten lettuce and take out the garbage from now on? And then it says, yet, despite the loss, I know you four will find what you seek most in life, the important things, and all of them are thinking of naked women. And then, it said, and then he says, but before you go, I must give you this package. It is very important. And one of them's thinking, secrets to the temple, I bet. The other one's going... Ancient memoirs of the ancient masters. That's what he's thinking. The other guy's like, the other hamster's all, the fabled dragon squirrels, perhaps. Clint. Get to Clint. You know what he's thinking? I hope it's lunch. Ha! <laughs> that Clint. And he goes, deliver it to my brother in San Francisco. His address is written on it. And his, his address is my brother, 762 Polk Street. Okay. And they said, with pleasure. And then um, they're leaving to go on their journey. And the monks are still in the doorway. And one says, why did you have them take that package? And the other one says, because the, U the UPS rates are outrageous all the way up here. 
Suck it to me, suck it to me, suck it. So the trek to America begins, and the hamsters soon tire. So they're all covered in snow, pretty much, and they're in front of a campfire. And uh, one says, so Jackie, what's for Din Din? And he says, pork fried snow, snow burger, snow loaf, or spaghetti and snowballs. Take your pick. And then the other one says, boy, I sure wish there was water to drink around here. What? Really? You don't know that you could... Soon a terrible blizzard engulfs them, and all these, all these panels are all white. So, Chuck, wake up. Huh? What? I can't see my hand in front of my face. Did you try opening your eyes, Clint? Ha, Bruce, that's so funny, I forgot to laugh. And the other, someone else wakes up. He goes, what? There must be some... Oh, this must be the, the scene of the terrible blizzard engulfing us. And he says, how did you know that, Jackie? You know how he knew? He read the script. That's how he knew. He read the script. Wow. And then he says, that's a relief. I was beginning to think Porsonovich was getting too lazy to draw us. That's the artist. In case you didn't put that together. Nah. It's all Chin's doing. That's the writer. He's such a cheapskate. Anything to, anything to make a butt, buck even cut down on the ink. And then you hear whale in the background. And like, Guys, you hear that? I said, what could whale... What could a whale be doing out in the middle of the Himalayas? And you're whale. And they're like, it's getting closer. I use my bionic hamster hearing. What? And he says, Clint, you've been watching too much Six Million Dollar Man. So I guess Clint's a big fan of the 60s, 70s TV era. I guess. And then, and then they're like, what is it? And he says, sounds like strangled kittens. Maybe it's Bill the Cat back for, resurrected from the dead. He says, personally, I think it sounds like Kenny Rogers. And then you hear a big, whale, And they go, exactly. On a warm summer's evening, on a train bound from nowhere, met up with a gambler, we were both too tired to sleep. So we took turns to stare out the window at the darkness. The bottom overtook us, and he began to speak. Oh, sorry. It was Kenny Rogers. He was, None of this was in the book. I don't know. I, they mentioned Kenny Rogers, and that just came into my head, and then it was, it was karaoke time. <laughs> so now you hear chugga, chugga, chugga. I sense that that is directly in front of us, and you see a silhouette, and Clint pulls out his gun, his ancient uh, Asian weapon of the gun. And 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 uh, Bruce says, "Buddha protect us." It's and it's a guy in a DeLorean, a DeLorean. And you know what he gets out and he says, "Hey man, want to buy my drugs? Sail on glue today. Try the economical gallon size." And they're like, "The abominable snowman." Get it? The drug dealers call the snowman. Eighties humor. And, and uh, one of them, one of the hamsters says, "Now this, brothers, is what we were taught to use our talents on." And he's like, and the, and the drug dealer's like, "Uh oh." And uh, Clint's looking inside the car, and he's like, "Fuzzy dice, how tacky, dude." One of the hamsters says, "Your mommy know you're doing this," and he hits him. And the other one's like, "You're selling, selling rots, rots the what? You're selling rots the brain faster than Marvel's Secret Wars." Oh, I like Secret Wars. You take that back.
It's slime buckets like you that make kids take to this, taking it to the streets, and wind up working at Taco Bell. I like Taco Bell and Marvel Superhero Secret Wars. You're digging deep, buddy. The wounds hurt. And then Clint comes out and he goes, eat fuzzy dice, sleaze ball. So you know what they did? They, uh, they, they kick the crap out of the drug dealer and they take his car full of drugs. So they take his car. And, um, so Bruce is all like, nice wheels. How you, how you brothers doing back there? And, uh, he's all, I'm fine, but Clint, I'm afraid, is not so hot. And then he goes, he started acting this way after he ate a bag of powdered sugar we found back here. And they all look at each other and they went, Sugar? Cocaine is a terrible drug. Cocaine is a terrible drug. So now Clint's coked out of his mind. And he starts talking to himself. And he's like, these are the voyage of the Starship Enterprise. To boat to go where no man is... Mo-. And they're like, shut up, Clint. And then uh, one of the dudes like, my hands are freezing. Do we have gloves? And he goes, let me check. What's in the glove compartment? And then and then Clint's all like, Johnny, who's the next contestant on the Price is Right? And he goes, gloves and and what, Chuck? Money. And there's a ton of money in the glove compartment. It's all hundred dollar bills. And Clinton's got he's got hundred dollar bills stuffed up his nose, dude. And he goes, bring on the broads. Bring on the the hamster says, bring on the broads. So they drive the DeLorean all the way to the Himalaya International Airport. And they dress up like Hawaiian tourists. And they got Hawaiian shirts on and shorts. And cameras around their neck. And uh, one of them says, Are you sure we need these disguises? And he said, What's this disguise kit's name anyway? And it says, Generic Ugly American. So... If if you like to take pictures in your Hawaiian shirt and shorts, uh, these fine men who have written this book and drew this book, um, they say you're an ugly American. So there, they're just they're just digging in everybody. They're like they're like South Park. No, they're not. Before South Park was South Park, they're like Family Guy. Not even close. Before Family Guy was Family Guy, they're witty like The Simpsons. Before The Simpsons were not not even not even. We're the Simpsons. So now um, they woke up and they're like, Good day, ma'am. We would like to purchase four first-class tickets to San Francisco. Children fair. And she goes, Sorry, but no pets are allowed in the passenger cabin. I'm afraid you'll have to accommodate... We'll have to accommodate you in cages. And they're like, Cages? And Clint pulls out his gun. And now you've been waiting for it. So here it is. And he says, Make my day. And he just starts shooting up the airport, man. What the? So they get first class tickets and they're sitting there and they're drinking mimosas and shit. And he goes, Clint, what you did back there was rude and irrational. The masters would never. And he's all, oh, quit your belly aching, Chucky baby. We got the seats wide, didn't we? And he's drunk. And then uh, the stewardesses are all like, Do you see those guys up front? They're so hairy. And one of them's like, I think they're kind of cute. And then they're like, so after we drop off the package, what are we going to do? We go to Fisherman's Wharf. Can we go? Huh? Can we? Can we? And he's like, shut up, Jackie. Boys, I haven't given him much more much thought, but after we accomplish our tasks, we shall continue righting the many wrongs in the world. 
And then he's like, oh, man, that's so common. All comic book heroes do that. Can't we just have fun? I mean, look at all the money we have to spend. And then Clint smacks the ass on one of the stewardess and goes, yeah, party hardy. Wow. And then, uh, hey, I'm game for whatever you guys choose, one of the other ones says, as long as we can stick together, because you're my family. Aww. Aww. Look at that. We've got drug use, sexual harassment, um, uh, alcoholism all in the, just just one page and then he says you're all that I've got I love you guys and it says a memo to Don Chin from Parsonovich Chin the two previous panels were the most sugar coated attempts at sappy sentiment I've ever encountered in comics it made me wanted to throw up back to the and uh back to the um book so, so Bruce, Bruce could be bought off. He says, "Okay, okay, I give in. We'll party hardy." You guys hate me right now because that's what you're hearing. Once this podcast is over, you're gonna be at work all day. Be like, "Somebody scream!" Either that, or you're gonna be like, "On the warm summer's evening, on a train bound for nowhere." So they all click their mimosa glasses together, and then Chuck's, or no, Clint says, and we'll write as many wrongs as we can in our spare times. And then they're watching the movie called Return of the Red Eye. Instead of Return of the Jedi. And then he says, Chuck says, I never heard of this movie before. Is it any good? And Clint says, Chuck, it's a classic. It has Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, and Cheech and Chong in it. Oh, I get it. We're going to do a... Um, and so and then uh, Bruce is walking around. And he's like, does anyone know where the John is? And the kid's like, look, Mommy, a giant rat. And so we're showing uh, scenes. And it's Chong with Darth Vader. And he's like, hey, Darth baby man. I brought you something for that asthma of yours, man. Take a few puffs on this. <laughs> and... um so Bruce's still looking for the bathroom. And then you have Chong and Yoda in a scene together. And uh, Yoda's laying in bed, and he's all, Oh, Yoda get real stone, yes. Ooh. And then Cheech is all, Oh, Yoda, man. Now that's horrible. That's a horrible Cheech. That was horrible. <clears throat> Let's try it again. Oh, no, that's Booker T. Oh, that's Booker T. Um, Never mind. So anyway, <clears throat> I can't do Cheech right now. I don't know why. Oh, Yoda, don't die on me, man. I told you not to mix those funky mushrooms with your stew, but you had to go and do it anyways, didn't you, you little green shit? And um, let's see. Publisher's note. The previous two panels are not meant to encur- encourage readers to use drugs or insinuate that the creators of this comic book are drug users a la under, underground cartoonists of the 60s. The truth is, Personovich and Chin are both naturally weird. They require no hallucinogenic chemicals to come up with ideas or to draw. Very interesting. Not so interesting. We get back to the book, and then it shows Mark Hamill. Oh no, it's 
it shows chin and person um Personovich, yeah, Chin and Personovich are in there together. Sorry about that. There's moments of silence right there, and I apologize. And um, he's all, hey, Personovich, this is the part where you get, you and I get a cameo appearance. So all of our relatives will have to buy this book. And he says, Personovich says, Chin, all my relatives are in prison. Oh, prison humor. This is great stuff. What I tell you? You know, they're watching the movie. And all of a sudden, Bruce flushes the toilet, and it's flopping them all over the place. And then uh, the stewardess takes this little boy into uh, the cockpit, and she says, Gentlemen, this is Billy Bibbit. He begged to see the front cockpit. And they're all, Hi, Billy. And they're thinking to themselves, What a pain. What a runt. And he's all, Golly gee, jeep. Golly whiz, gee, jeepers. Wow, neato some. Awesome, neato. Who would predict that this Flight 13 would soon become the world's most talked about news event today. For insides, things are not working so normal. And there's a nun with a machine gun, a serial killer in a hockey mask with a with a, a hockey stick, a guy in scuba gear, and a ginormous barbarian. And all of a sudden, um, Billy Bibbit whips out a, a freaking uh, slingshot. And he goes, all right, flyboy. Steer this sheet at 10 towards Disneyland or I'll air condition your head permanently. And he says, with a BB? And the nun stands up and she goes, and this is in the back, she stands up and she goes, and on the eighth day, God said, let there be hijackings. <sighs> no smart moves or I'll use your nose as a puck, said the hot, crazy hockey player looking guy. And the scuba guy gets up, right? And he's got a, he's got a, um, a harpoon gun. And he said, don't try anything fishy, folks. He, he, he. And there's a guy he's pointing at. He goes, this dude is, this guy is corny. And you know what? I am thinking the same thing about this whole freaking comic guy in the seat right there. That would be me. Only I wouldn't be wearing a suit and tie. Everybody in this plane wears a suit and freaking tie. Everybody. And then the, then the barbarian guy gets up and he goes, Grr. And then uh, the pilot's like, Who are you? What's the meaning of all this? And he's all, There's no, and, and Billy's all, There's no meaning behind this, Captain Kangaroo. Me and my friends were bored, so we thought we'd hijack a plane. Represent the PLO. And then uh, the pilot says, The PLO? You mean the Palest Palestinian Liberation Organization? And they say, no, we're the potluck organization. We're a mixture of everything. Get it? Because you got the hockey player with the, and the kid with the, and the scuba thing, and the nun with the, and the barbarian guy. And so he grabbed, little Billy grabs the, um, the uh, microphone. He goes, hi, everyone. I represent the PLO, and this plane is under our control. Now, if you cooperate, the, if you cooperate with us, I promise nobody will get hurt. And some guy stood up and he goes, what if we don't cooperate, scumbag? And he says, then I'll have to blast air supply over the loudspeaker until you do. And he's all, forget I ask, I'll cooperate. And so um, the three the three hamsters are there and they're like, Chuck, what do we do? And he's all, nothing. Harmony can only be achieved by expressing harmony. We must follow the example that Gandhi set and, and then Clinton is all like, 
Forget Gandhi. I want to bust some heads. Meanwhile, Bruce, he's still in the bathroom in the cupboard. He can't find any toilet paper. And he's like, no toilet paper. And he just leaves and he goes, oh, well. Oh, well. I guess he'll just walk around with poop in his pants. Oh, well. Why not? Gross. And scooting the scuba guy, he's all robbing the passengers. He's like, that's it. Your pearl necklace too, lady. And Bruce is all, huh? And he, and he taps scuba guy on the shoulder and goes, excuse me? And the scuba guy goes, yeah. And he goes, he just grabs him, puts him in his martial art moves and crunch. And then and then the scuba guy pulls out a knife and he goes, I'm going to fillet you for a ball. And he's like, was it something I said? And the guy went and he cuts him across the nose. And then um, Bruce just grabs his arm and just cracks it, Steven Seagal style. He's like. <laughs> and he goes, and the guy's like, my arm. And he goes, your arm? Look at my nose. And then he pulls out his, his, his harpoon gun. And he goes, die, you son of a. And he goes, remember what the master said. And he pulls the trigger, and it's coming at him. And he goes, expect the unexpected. And he smacked it away. And then uh, the scuba guy's yelling in the back. He goes, help, I'm being beat up by a giant teddy bear. And Billy's in the cockpit. He goes, what's going on? And then they're all, the other hamsters are like, come on, Bruce is going to kick some butt. Let's go. And and uh, and, and uh, one of them's like, no, wait. Uh. So then there's, sis there's the sister... And she's, um, Clint jumps up out of the seat and he puts a gun to this, his gun to the sister's head and he goes, and he goes, listen, sister, unless you want a third nostril, you'll hand me that gun. And then, um, Bruce is all like, I'm going to need my staff to fight with. And he's like, aw, here's a long bar. So he jumps on some guy's canuts, jumps up, and he knocks off the luggage rack thing and takes the bar from it. And the guy's like, oh, my puddings. And then all the luggage falls on the guy, and he's walking down the, the thing with the with the staff. And then he looks at Clinton, and he says, what happened to the nun? You know what Clint said? She wanted a third nostril. So he shot her in the He shot a nun in the face. What the? F there's cocaine references. There's, there's People are hijacking a plane. There's bad 80s jokes. Bill Cosby, gelatin. He shot a nun in the face, man. And then here comes the barbarian. And they're like, uh-oh, we got company. And so uh, Bruce jumps up, man. And he goes, he goes, don't worry, Clint. I can handle him. He goes, good, because I ran out of bullets. And he goes, I got him, I think. And he smacks him over the head with the pole. And the pole just bends on him. And then he's just like, and the guy's just growling at him. And he goes, this guy needs listerment. And he just... He just kicks him in the face, and then he steals a Bugs Bunny joke, and he goes, now for the Coupe de Gracie. And then he bites his ear, and all the people are behind him now, and they're like, kick him, dude. Get him, man. Kick him in the teeth. Right on. And then he, he smacks his head in between two seats, and it's stuck there, and he, and he says, uncle? And the, and the barbarian goes, uncle. And, uh, and they're all like, who are you guys? What do you want? And then the hacky dude's there. Dude, and he whacks Bruce right across the head and knocks him out. Oh, no, that was Jackie. I'm sorry. He knocks Jackie right across the head and knocks him out. And Clint's like, Jackie, no. And he and he jumps on uh, he jumps on the hockey dude. And the hockey dude grabs him by the mohawk and just starts punching him in the face. And he goes, you're dead, Fred. That's what I think of you, you overgrown beaver. 
And he's like, this is too easy. And he just slams Clint down and he starts choking him. And he goes, don't die on me so soon. I want to have some fun. And then he punches him in the face and he starts kicking him. And he goes, I spent all my life in fights with three, four, five, even five guys. You ain't so tough. And he's like, and Clint gets up, bleeding from the nose. And he goes, but you never fought a black belt hamster. And he gets up and he punches him in the face and he knocks out the hockey dude. And he says, that was the Debian death punch, mister. Just be glad you had that mask on or you'd be in the big penalty box in the sky. And then everybody in the in the plane loves the, the hamsters and they're like, thank God, we were saved. You guys are great. And then uh, they're bringing Bruce back and he's like, oh, my head hurt. Or no, Jackie back. And he goes, oh, my head hurts. And Clint says, your face is killing me. Ha, ha. And then they wrap up um, Jackie's head. And uh, he said, "What's the prognosis, Doc?" And the other, and, and Bruce says, "Stay off your head for the next few days." <laughs> Stupid. And so finally, um, they have to go in there in the in the cockpit and defeat the leader. And then you think it's going to be a big battle, but you turn the page, and you just see Bruce has him bent over his knee, and he's he's spanking him in the ass. And he said, "The hand of discipline is well to the bottom of the note of." Of the Noel young man. And then they have like the line in the airplane movie. One guy's got a paddle. And he goes, my turn. Me next. And there's a chick with a board. And then a dude. And then, that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then they tie them all up. And the stewardess is like, well, that takes care of them. And then uh, the pilot shakes their hand. I can't thank you enough for what you've done. And um, the stewardess is like, here your martinis, sir. If there's anything else you can do for you, it would really be my pleasure. And they're all thinking of her in like sexy lingerie. And uh, Clint goes, "Come to think of it, there is something I'd like." And then it's an outer shot of the airplane landing in New York, and they're all, even though they're going to San Francisco, that I swear to God, dude, they drew it that the plane's landing in New York, and they're all, Clint. The finished but then you get another page and it, it's it's a thumb a hand looking at the page you just saw and then they're looking at the page before and then it's the two guys at the and he goes that's that artwork's fine personovich but and it's chin and personovich again he goes but what he goes you're short a page i need 31 there's only 30 here and he said well then you have a minor problem he goes what do you mean you're the one who drew one less page. And he goes, don't try to appeal to my bankrupt sense of morality. All right, all right, but how are you going to finish it? I don't know. He says, I guess a lot of BSing is in the order. In order. And then Chin says, sigh, why me? True, really and truly the end, if you're lucky. Oh, my God. Where did I even get this? Horrible. And I know you guys are going to think. You, I know you guys are going to think. You're saying the best part of this episode was me singing The Gambler. And you know what? Who is it? Who am I to say that you're not right? Okay? But you know what? Check out my sponsor, DCBService.com. DCBS. Save up to anywhere between 35 to sometimes 75% off all your comic needs. Seriously, do it. 
I've been using them for a long time. They were nice enough to sponsor this episode. Please, help out. Give them your business. If you're not already, give them your business. If you're not, you're crazy. And as always, you can reach me at Donnie, D-O-N-N-Y-S-A-L-V-O, all one word, at yahoo.com. And before I go, I would just like to leave you with a little bit of... Somebody scream! Enjoy the rest of your day. No!